It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Are we there yet? Wherever it is that we're collectively heading, what's coming for the new year? What as of yet unimaginable challenges will 2024 bring? How many really want to know the answers to that question? How many are willing to actually investigate and face what's coming on countless fronts? Middle East, chaos and carnage. Eastern Europe, the same. Africa, the same. South America, same trajectory. Central America, same trajectory. Mexico, same. The U.S. and elsewhere, coming fast. And for those that haven't yet realized it, populations all over the world aren't just expendable to those in power. There are rapidly increasing liability. No, they're not here to help. Time to wake up. And above it all, the spraying of our skies. Why we must be wary of geoengineering. Not my words, that's a breaking headline from NewScientist.com, and they follow it up with more brilliance. Research shows how sensitive plants are to any drop in sunlight. Addressing climate change through atmospheric geoengineering, they say, will reduce plant photosynthesis on land and at sea, globally also, with probably catastrophic impacts on nature and agriculture. Question. Is New Scientist mockingly referring to what's happening in real time right now? Because inarguably it is. And not just from the loss of photosynthesis due to an atmosphere that is constantly being blotted out, not just from industrial and transportation pollution, but even more from obvious as hell climate engineering insanity that is spewing tens of millions of tons of toxic filth into our skies annually. All of which settles to the surface where it contaminates virtually everything, soils, waters, crops, fish, and every single breath we take, not to mention destroying the ozone layer. On that dire note, this week I got an update on the state of Earth's ozone layer from the former NASA contract engineer that is metering surface UV radiation for geoengineeringwatch.org. This is not just UVA and B, but we're now getting UVC on the surface, and that's the last spectrum of UV radiation before X-ray, and we all know how bad that is. The news isn't good. Here it is, in his words. The destruction of our upper atmospheric ozone layer is nearly complete, with trend analysis that began in 2016 to the present using Earth surface measurement data. It is estimated that only 23% of this precious life-protecting layer remains. That's in an overall global context. It is thicker in some areas, thinner in others. He continues... Stratospheric aerosol injection and solar radiation management programs have caused a, quote, multifold quickening of this destruction of the ozone layer by applying particulate matter in the sulfide group, which destroys ozone, limiting the amount of oxygen by molecular stripping in the lower atmosphere, which is necessary to create ozone. Solar Radiation management and stratospheric aerosol injection programs have removed the dynamic balance in the upper and lower atmosphere, removing the connective currents that allow the Earth's surface to cool. And as a result, 
increasing Earth's surface temperatures. Another issue the scientists have not considered, he says, is the solar radiation lensing effect of the particulate matter being applied to the atmosphere. It's easy to see this effect by putting your hand over the sun and observing the atmospheric umbra or corona around the sun. That's a bright white and spreads out up to 70 degrees or more from the sun. This bright white is reflecting more sunlight to the Earth's surface, much like a magnifying lens. The former NASA contract engineer, UV metering specialist, then continues with this. These are only a few of the catastrophic results achieved by geoengineering and the stratospheric aerosol injection solar radiation management programs. The scientists involved with these atmospheric programs have two big problems. If they stop their programs, the Earth's surface, UVA, UVB, and C, will be so high that plant life will not survive. And if they continue, this will lead to complete destruction of our upper ozone layer in the very near term, possibly as little as two years. Functional ozone layer collapse, possibly that soon on the current course. Final statements from this engineer. The final issue is the biotoxic effect these geoengineering programs have on all life forms. If you want proof, he says, open your eyes and take a good look around. We don't have time to spare. Final statement, we can't fix nature because we don't yet understand how nature works, but we must let nature heal our atmosphere and the earth on its own if any life form is to survive at all. End of his statement. And the best the so-called climate science community can say is that we should be, quote, wary of geoengineering too late, over 75 years too late. Now let's add this new report from Tulify.ai, the dark side of geoengineering. That wasn't dark enough already. They say why we may have to consider it. Yes, more mind-numbing, total deception from the so-called climate science community, obviously ongoing in our skies already. The report then says, by the end of the 21st century, humanity faces a desperate situation. The combination of extreme weather events and a warming climate induces widespread famine and mass migration. They continue, as governments struggle to respond, the world teeters on the brink of collapse. While this future remains uncertain, they say, the lack of effective action against climate change makes it a disturbing possibility. A disturbing possibility could happen by the end of this century? What planet are these so-called scientists on? This reality is now. Look up look around. They continue, stratospheric aerosol injection as a form of geoengineering involves the spraying of particulate matter in the atmosphere to reflect and block a portion of the sun's radiation, they say resulting in a temporary drop in global average temperatures. Here's a much needed clarification to that propaganda. A temporary toxic drop in regional temperatures at the cost of an even warmer overall planet. Now let's add this new propaganda piece from SciTechDaily.com. Geoengineering Antarctica. Can aerosol injection save the ice? Question mark. It's worth the time to search out this report online and take a good long look at their cover image. Jets spewing their toxic filth into skies, exactly what anyone that isn't clinically blind can so easily see, so long as their eyes aren't 
wide shut, which unfortunately has for far too long been the case with nearly the whole of the human race, including the so-called experts, the ones we are told to blindly believe, scientists without a clue or blatantly lying. Take your pick. Speaking of which, Dr. Douglas McMartin was mentioned in this report. I personally sued Douglas McMartin in federal court for his single-handed takedown of the dimming documentary on Facebook. Search my name with his online and you should easily find the documentation of this legal action. Even Bloomberg News covered it. And though the Matrix in the end sided with their own minion, not surprisingly, the message was still sent that one day soon, when populations finally fully awaken to the climate engineering crimes and all those that have made it their career to hide these crimes from the public, the so-called climate science community will have much explaining to do for a population that will be unimaginably enraged at what has been done to them and their children and their children's children, which will now never be born if we remain in the current course. So consider this SciTech Daily propaganda proposing solar radiation management and stratospheric aerosol injection as a, quote, cure when we already know that after 75 years of aircraft spraying toxic filth into our skies and over Antarctica, we face imminent extinction, extremely near-term extinction, not an opinion, not projection, not conjecture, hypothesis. That's a statistical and mathematical certainty on the current course. How's that for a cure? Or was that destination part of the plan all along? And for the record, Antarctic sea ice is virtually imploding at record low levels right now. The carnage there is unimaginable. Been over that in previous broadcasts. The ice levels, sea ice still dropping fast. And this will cause the land ice to begin sliding much faster off its terrestrial location. So much for climate engineering is a cure, which of course it was never meant to be. Geoengineering operations are, and always have been, about power and control, the most prized covert weapon of the controllers, weather and biological warfare over populations anywhere, anytime, and the victims remain completely clueless, whole countries clueless, while masking planetary meltdown with engineered winter weather mayhem going on right now in the continental U.S., in a very small area, by the way. They're losing ground with their engineered winter weather, now barely able to cool small regions with massive chemical ice nucleation operations. More of that in a moment. Stay tuned. But now as climate collapse grows worse by the day and climate engineering more blatant than ever, many are waking up, even within the ranks of the U.S. government. In the last two weeks, I've had two unsolicited calls from U.S. congressmen wanting to know what's going on in our skies. It's a start. Though I need all the help I can get with rattling cages. Please send a link of the dimming documentary to every single elected official you can think of, to every ag and environmental group, farm groups. The potential list is endless and every day counts in this effort. One more mention, CNN did a segment this week titled, Counting Down the 10 Biggest Climate Stories of 2023 was by far the biggest climate-destroying factor of all even mentioned. Global climate engineering operations? Of course not. And the key 
core component of climate engineering that facilitates the flash-freeze winter weather events, no one wants to talk about that. Even alternative media sources, not a word, with the exception of geoengineeringwatch.org. I hope this changes. Chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations, crop collapse scenarios, fisheries are collapsing around the world, and ongoing ozone layer disintegration, which by itself is an extremely near-term existential threat. All of it and more isn't just coming, it's happening right now in real time. If you think the controllers of the Matrix and their major media mouthpieces would warn you about what's coming, indeed, about what's already unfolding at blinding speed, think again. They're using every tool at their disposal to ensure that populations remain blind to the oncoming train and the endless list of controller crimes that are fueling it forward. Will global conflict, a nuclear war, be the last desperate act of the criminally insane that currently control the matrix? This is exactly the trajectory we're on. Though on the current course, our days are numbered even without the nuclear factor, war or power plant meltdowns, which are also coming. On that upbeat note, you're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political global alert news report, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must, reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate engineering operations. In a moment, more dire bad news breaking headlines. But let's start with this. According to new research published in the science journal Nature this week, Scientists warn, quote, doing your own research is dangerous and turns people into conspiracy theorists. They say people who do their own research are likely to reject the mainstream narrative and are far more likely to believe so-called conspiracy theories instead of official narratives. According to the new research, people should be discouraged from doing their own research and must be encouraged to accept the official narrative presented by the mainstream media. Not my words theirs. The report continues, quote, the four most dangerous words are do your own research, said Cherig Shah, a professor of information science at the University of Washington. The so-called professor of information science continued with this. It seems counterintuitive because I'm an educator and we encourage students to do this, investigate. The problem is people don't know how to do this, a.k.a their own research. In other words, the elites want us to trust mainstream media implicitly and stop asking questions or researching anything on our own because we, quote, don't know how to do it. The report then states, the research team was interested in understanding how people verify breaking news, news that has just happened and has not yet had a chance to be verified by fact checkers like Snopes or PolitiFact. According to the research team, Google needs to, quote, help people to understand that doing your own research is dangerous. Let's stop there. If all that doesn't alarm you to the core, it should. 
that populations shouldn't think for themselves, should not investigate for themselves, but rather should blindly accept anything and everything that official so-called experts and so-called official sources tell them is the truth. How many would rather have a comforting lie over a deeply disturbing truth? Let's add this from BBC. And I would be grateful if you can bear with me till I get to the point. Here's the report of the BBC title. The unsettling power of existential dread. The report then states, worrying about the threats to our lives and societies is stressful. It may also change how we think in unsettling ways. They continue, if you've ever glanced at the headlines recently, you probably have found yourself questioning the future of your very existence. On the back of the pandemic, we saw the international outbreaks of other pathogens, global conflicts, BBC cites increased risk of global nuclear war, just went over that. BBC then states, extreme weather events have brought home the harsh realities of the climate emergency and the extremely near-term existential threat of global climate intervention operations, which are, of course, never mentioned in this report. BBC continues with this. It's natural to wonder whether the anxiety aroused by these daily headlines could shape the way we think and act, and studies of, quote, existential psychology appear to show that this is indeed the case. Besides making us feel depressed and stressed, the constant reminders of the threats to ourselves and our society may lead us to become more close-minded and dogmatic in our opinions, and they can render us more susceptible to, quote, conspiracy theories as we search for meaning in the uncertainty. Well, there you have it. More prescribed programming from Matrix Media Ministries of Disinformation instructing increasingly and justifiably stressed out populations to avoid doing their own research because it's, quote, dangerous and could lead many to be, quote, more susceptible to conspiracy theories as we search for meaning in the uncertainty, end quote. How clear can it be? How clear should it always have been that the matrix manipulators absolutely don't want you to search for the truth on your own, lest you discover that we are and have long since been drowning in a sea of lies. Just blindly believe the official narratives on everything without questioning anything. Go back to sleep until the moment of impact. And sadly, shockingly, far too many are, even now, more than willing to do exactly that, while the countdown to total collapse accelerates by the day. Let's add this. How many are familiar with the term terror management theory, which is a core component to the creation of the collective insanity that now largely defines the human race? Here's a definition of the psychological term terror management theory, acronym TMT, from Wikipedia. Most human action is taken to ignore or avoid the inevitability of death. The terror of absolute annihilation creates such a profound, albeit subconscious, anxiety in people that they spend their lives attempting to make sense of it. On large scales, societies build symbols laws, religious meanings, cultures, and belief systems to explain the significance of life, to define what makes certain characteristics, skills, and talents extraordinary, rewarding those whom they find exemplify certain attributes they favor, and to punish or kill others who do not adhere to their cultural worldview. Question. 
Do any current conflicts come to mind that fit this description? The Wikipedia definition of terror management theory continues with this. Adherence to these created symbols aid in relieving stresses associated with the reality of mortality. On an individual level, self-esteem provides a buffer against death-related anxiety. TMT, Threat Management Theory, describes self-esteem as being the personal subjective measure of how well an individual is living up to their cultural values. Yes, the proverbial herd mentality, a.k.a. mass formation psychosis, welcome to the asylum. There are many cultural and traditional teachings that warn against the propensity of mob behavior within the ranks of the human race, but how many actually follow moral teachings that they profess? How many are willing to face the fact that empires are built on the war industry and extracting resources from other people's countries? Sound familiar? At the age of 14, the teachings of the Stoics entered my world. Stoic philosophy is, in so many ways, an echoing of the great spiritual traditions and teachings. Over 2,000 years ago, the Stoic philosopher Epictetus said this, Neither riches, nor health, nor fame, nor, in short, anything else is in our power except a right use of the semblances of things, a.k.a. correct, moral, and honorable use of our God-given will. This alone, Epictetus said, is not subject to restraint or hindrance. No one can take our will, ever, no matter what challenges or threats we face. Now add this, also from Epictetus over 2,000 years ago, show me one person formed according to the principles which he professes. Show me one who is sick and happy, in danger and happy, exiled and happy, disgraced and happy, dying and happy. Translation, acceptance of what is. We must accept what is, not what we wish was so. We can accept reality well or poorly, but accept it we must. Let's add this. In the words of modern-day philosopher Eckhart Tolle, we must live in the now, a.k.a. the current moment. Only then, only by doing so, can we effectively man the post at which our Maker has placed us. And what more important post could any of us have then to play our individual part in this all-important attempt to alter the current self-destructive course of the human race, a current trajectory that is hurtling us toward extremely near-term self-annihilation, being led by a cancer of control that has, over decades, even centuries, permeated every imaginable corridor of government, education, industry, and society, instigating and inflicting conflict and carnage from the clouds to the ground. Here's the bottom line that's driving us all toward extremely near-term total collapse of everything, everywhere, all at once. Precious few are willing to tell the truth, and worse, even fewer are willing to summon the courage to do anything at all in response to unpleasant and unwanted truths. Not just the general population, but this includes nearly the whole of so-called academia, the so-called experts, all of so-called elected officials, with very few exceptions, and we now find ourselves painted into a very dark corner, even with imminent impact looming large over our collective heads, including the real-time die-off of every aspect of the web of life on which our lives completely depend, even with our skies being sprayed and thus contaminated 24-7. 
with shockingly visible climate engineering aircraft dispersions. Almost no one wants to know. Almost none are willing to face the truth, let alone do anything whatsoever in response to it. Sooner than almost any dare to consider, facing the full force of reality will no longer be optional. Impact at full velocity is imminent, and as that crossroad comes near, those in power are now more desperate and dangerous than ever before. They will play every card at their disposal, a scenario which doesn't bode well for the fate of the human race, which doesn't bode well for life on Earth, period. Please forgive my rant. After over 20 years of non-stop slogging in this fight, it can be hard to hold in. And to all those that are the courageous exceptions to the collective insanity, words can't truly express the depth of gratitude I feel toward each and every one of you. We march together in this all-important battle for everything that we hold dear. Moving on, next, in regard to our not-so-white Christmas and holiday season, don't eat the snow, and as I've stated before, I don't say that in jest. Following is an elaboration of a new report mentioned previously, momentarily, in my last broadcast. Industrial snowfall thought to be caused by pollution recorded in UK. This report is from the UK Guardian. It states, a phenomenon whereby moisture condenses around particles of pollution was noticed in the UK, the Guardian report continues, anthropogenic or industrial snowfall can occur when moisture in the air condenses around tiny particles of pollution, for example, forming snowflakes. The report then states, other factors besides industrial pollution from ground sources could have influenced events that day. These include potential ice trails left in the wake of planes. Planes? Really, do they really mean geoengineering jets? A final statement from the report. The phenomenon has also been reported in the U.S. So what is the core cause of the so-called industrial snow? Let's start with this. Patent number U.S. 361-3992A, weather modification method, filed March 25th, 1996, patented October 19th, 1971, assignee the United States of America as represented by the director of the National Science Foundation weather modification method. The present invention provides a method for producing rain or snow using seeding agents. Materials suitable for use in practicing this invention are urea, potassium nitrate, and ammonium nitrate. Additional nucleating elements are also named. They are silver iodide, lead iodide, cupric sulfide, and kaolinite. The U.S. patent then states, the invention described herein may be manufactured and used by or for the government of the United States of America for governmental purposes. Question, exactly what kind of governmental purposes is this patent referring to? Are you okay with highly toxic industrial snow? Because I'm definitely not. And those elements named are only a part of what we know is in this mix. Aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, surfactants, Polymer fibers, graphene, truly a witch's brew. On Christmas Eve, rain went well north into Canada, all the way to Hudson Bay, while chemically nucleated so-called snow was falling in parts of Arizona and New Mexico. A so-called snowstorm fueled with moisture straight from the record warm Gulf of Mexico on the west coast. Highly unorganized and heavily aerosolized drifting bands of Pacific moisture were allowed to migrate east 
over California. It's not weather in the historical sense. It's completely wrong. In Northern California, the rain comes late and less if it comes at all. Featureless skies, a constant cold drizzle, temperatures that don't move because this moisture is being chemically nucleated, a parade of jets heard above the featureless skies. It's all wrong. And here we are all the way to the start of the new year and the seasonal creeks in much of Northern California still aren't flowing. The official narrative that there's no drought is a lie. Let's continue with this from CNN. Blizzard conditions and ice create treacherous travel across central U.S. A blizzard-fueling winter storm swept across the plains and upper Midwest with heavy snow, freezing rain, and strong winds, creating dangerous travel during the busy holiday week. The storm's strong wind gusts Monday and Tuesday, sometimes 50 to 60 miles per hour with isolated gusts up to 75 miles per hour, generated blizzard conditions and made travel, quote, difficult to near impossible, the National Weather Service said. For some areas, they continue the main winter weather threat shifted from snow to ice on Tuesday. A few snow showers or a mix of rain and wet snow may linger for the plains. Snow all too often now has nothing to do with elevation. Why aren't more questioning that fact? You're either on the warm side of the so-called winter storm or the cold side, a.k.a. the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding side. The CNN report continues. Cars collided and slid off roads Monday in Nebraska where tractor trailers jackknifed and got stuck. And about that last statement from CNN, think Super slick, surfactant-soaked snow. Search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. New from AccuWeather, surge of chilly air could bring the first snowflakes of the season into the south. The same storm that produced a blizzard in the plains to set its sight now on the southeast later this week, giving folks a taste of wintry weather before the end of 2023. AccuWeather continues, chilly air diving into the southeast through the end of this week could be accompanied by the season's first snowflakes, causing disruptions, they say, ahead of the weekend. The report then states, AccuWeather meteorologists have been tracking a powerful storm that has produced an all-out blizzard and damaging ice storm across portions of the plains and upper Midwest in recent days, and the storm won't stop there as wintry conditions shift eastward. For the record, the quote storm in question didn't drop much frozen material, which I won't dignify by calling snow. And for those who scoff and deny that anything whatsoever is wrong with the weather or the material that's falling from our skies, have some of that frozen material tested at a reputable lab and don't tell them why you're testing. And look for elements like aluminum, strontium, barium, urea, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene. The list goes on and on, but you get the idea. AccuWeather continues, the storm in question will slowly shift out of the plains and focus rain and snow across the middle Mississippi River Valley, especially around St. Louis into Friday. They say snow showers will shift eastward along the I-70 corridor. AccuWeather meteorologist Andrew Kinzel said that as the storm moves east, temperatures hovering within a few degrees of freezing could see these showers come as mainly rain, limiting snow accumulations across portions of Missouri and Illinois. Why would it be snowing at above freezing temperatures anyway? And it does now, by the way, constantly. That's what chemical ice nucleation does 
start the freezing process at much higher temperatures than natural nucleation, and that does cause a cooling effect. It's called an endothermic reaction. AccuWeather then says a caveat to this mixture or changeover from snow to rain across Missouri will be in any areas where heavier precipitation falls. Areas of heavy precipitation can lead to rain changing to snow with air above the surface well below freezing. That's absolute climate engineering cover-up. These rain, snow, rain, snow, back and forth, nothing to do with elevation, all sorts of different types of freezing material falling from the sky is a result of chemical ice nucleation operations. These are patented processes. It's been ongoing for years. Search Chinese scientists create artificial snowstorm. You'll find major media covered it. Everyone, UK Guardian, Popular Science, Fox News, MSNBC. But yet, if you bring that up here in the US, you're instantly marginalized by those who refuse to face the truth. The AccuWeather report then states this, quote, the setup is expected to bring more than one attempt at accumulating snow in St. Louis from Thursday night through Friday morning. What setup? What attempt? Is this nature or climate engineering cover-up? That answer is absolutely obvious. They say, while this incoming storm is not expected to produce heavy snow, there is a chance that a measurable snowfall defined as one-tenth of an inch could happen. Yeah, that's total desperation to produce a few sensationalized headlines of chemical snowfall from a tenth of an inch of snow with as many pictures as they can produce to go with it while the planet hurdles toward total meltdown. Climate engineering further fueling the overall fire, the overall trajectory. Again, this question, why is geoengineeringwatch.org the only source covering chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding and the toxic engineered winter weather scenarios it creates? I can only hope that more investigate and help to sound the alarm about engineering winter weather, a core component of climate engineering operations. And about honest investigation, please search and view a newly posted three-minute video at geoengineeringwatch.org titled Manufacturing Winter Blizzard. It's satellite footage proof of climate engineering aerosol spraying operations this week over North America. And about the toxic part, more on the polymer component of the mix. Polymers, a.k.a. microplastics, are named in patents for chemically nucleated so-called snow. A number of years ago, while trekking in a very remote and very rugged canyon north of my off-grid wilderness, just after a chemically nucleated so-called snowstorm, I came across bluish-purple sediment in the stream backwater on a sandbar. It was a shocking sight, though not surprising, clearly deposited from the melting frozen material. I had no way to collect this. I had no container of any type with me. And you can't just grab a handful of material and shove it in your cargo pants pocket. That test is invalid. But I saw what I saw. And others from all over the world have reported the same. And about the microplastics and the particle contamination from them, it's ubiquitous. They're virtually everywhere, including every breath we take. And as I always try to make clear, please don't believe me. Investigate available information on the microplastic contamination of everything everywhere. Investigate it for yourself. It's not hard to find information on this issue. Here's a sample, in fact, from Earth.com. 
Artificial intelligence shows how microplastics are harming global soil and agriculture. In recent years, the accumulation of plastic waste in the environment has emerged as a pressing concern, while the pollution of oceans by plastics is widely recognized. The presence of microplastics in soils across the globe is equally alarming. Yes, there is an unimaginable amount of decomposing plastic waste around the world. I acknowledge that. But that doesn't account for all that's showing up. Geoengineering fallout is the missing puzzle piece that so-called academia is doing their absolute best to hide and deny. Try not to breathe. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 438. December 30th, 2023, this is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News broadcast is currently being aired on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the country. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. Now with, I believe, about 4.4 million views, over 4.4 million. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to the dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they are participating in, their own demise and ours. They're compartmentalized. They're being told they're doing something for the greater good, which couldn't be further from the truth. To all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, again, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstances, all of us matter. All of us are needed in this epic struggle. Everything is in the balance. Moving on, more on Meltdown. From Vox.com, missing the feeling of a white Christmas? That might be solastalgia, a.k.a the distress caused by environmental change. That's what that word means. Finally, a term that explains the sadness of a whole season and a way of life melting before our eyes. The sense of winter melting away before our eyes is not unique to New York, the report says. While blazing hot summers and stormy autumns come with their own danger, scientists say winter is actually the fastest warming season. Snowfall is decreasing across the Northeast. It's decreasing around the globe with very few exceptions. Those are engineered exceptions. The flakes slowly replaced by raindrops. The Great Lakes have experienced a drop in maximum ice cover and are frozen for a shorter percentage of the year. That's an understatement. In December 2022, the northernmost city in Alaska posted its warmest winter temperature ever, almost 40 degrees above their average. That's a massive difference. That's happening all over the world. Climate engineering 
in the attempt to mask the meltdown while simultaneously being used as a weapon is further fueling the overall meltdown. Next from AccuWeather, December 2023, U.S. warmth is one for the record books. They say if you thought it seemed warm much of this month, you were right. In fact, for some areas of the United States, it may end up being the warmest December ever. Warmest year ever. Let's remember that. Warmest six months in a row. In fact, not warmest six months, but each successive month for six months in a row, the last six months in a row, were record-breaking, all-time record-breaking months, each one warmer than the last. We are in a runaway climate collapse scenario right now. But what about this? Here's a follow-up report from CNN. Beijing records longest cold wave in modern history. Report says Beijing recorded its longest cold wave since records began in 1951 as the biting temperatures and snowfall experienced in the Chinese capital and elsewhere began to ease. And as I made mention of in last week's broadcast, the engineered record cold surface cooldown quickly whiplashed back to far above freezing temperatures. Welcome to the new world. This cold air is very shallow. And as you go up, we've, we're speaking to some commercial airline pilots that are very alarmed at how much the temperatures go up as you rise in altitude. That is absolutely wrong. Climate engineering and chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding creates a cold, dense surface layer in order for them to achieve this deception and the sensationalized headlines they want to keep populations completely confused and divided on the true state of planetary meltdown until the last possible moment. About the polar meltdowns from sciencenews.org, three Antarctic glaciers show rapid accelerated ice loss from ocean warming. From that report, Antarctic glaciers are undergoing dramatic acceleration and ice loss. The worst effect, it has quadrupled its sliding speed and lost 25 kilometers of ice off its front in just 16 months, scientists say. The rapid retreat is absolutely unheard of. That's a statement from a glaciologist at Dartmouth College. If Antarctic sea ice continues to shrink as it has since 2022, it could spell trouble. Could, may, might. No could, may, might. We are in totally uncharted territory to a degree that can scarcely be imagined, and the equation we face is as non-linear as it could possibly be. And so many don't comprehend that. You can't look backward at a graph and the path that got us here and think that it will progress at the same speed. That's not reality. Exponential equation happening at blinding speed and accelerating by the day. From MSN.com, scientists issue dire warning as half of all flowering plants face serious threat, potentially staring down the barrel of the gun, of course, the extinction gun. The latest state of the world's plant and fungi report from Royal Botanical Gardens contained a dire warning from more than 200 scientists who believe nearly half of all flowering plants could become extinct. Let's stop there. No, there's no half. Here's the truth of the matter. All of them, everything, all of us, if we remain in the current course, no one, nothing gets out alive. From numerous sources, this, climate scientists predict devastating weather conditions for the Southern Hemisphere summer. But it's not just the Southern Hemisphere. From ZMEScience.com, scientists simulate the runaway greenhouse process that could make Earth uninhabitable. How many years have I tried to sound that alarm? And now finally some admission because it can't be hidden. For the first time, this report states, scientists have managed to simulate the entire runaway greenhouse gas process, which can transform the climate of a planet perfect for life to a place too harsh 
to survive. In this situation, a planet has the potential to transition from a temperate state resembling Earth to a nightmarish environment with surface temperatures surpassing 1,000 degrees centigrade. That's almost double that Fahrenheit. The culprit? They say water vapor, a greenhouse gas. This is Venus syndrome finally being admitted to again because it is rapidly becoming all but impossible to hide. And about water vapor, yes, it's a primary greenhouse gas, but formerly in equilibrium, in balance, a balance that has now been obliterated by countless forms of human activity with climate engineering at the top of the list. As other greenhouse gases build up in the atmosphere, aka CO2, methane, nitrous oxide, and many more, they are the triggering mechanisms water vapor buildup then follows. In an overall context, climate engineering is making all of it far worse, not better. The ZME Science Report continues, water vapor prevents the solar radiation absorbed by Earth from being remitted into the void of space as thermal radiation. It acts as a thermal blanket, trapping heat inside. A moderate greenhouse effect, of course, is beneficial. Without it, Earth would exhibit an average temperature below the freezing point of water, resembling a frigid ice-covered sphere inhospitable to life. Conversely, an excessive greenhouse effect of course, intensifies ocean evaporation, leading to a higher concentration of water vapor in the atmosphere. There exists a critical threshold for this level of water vapor, they say, beyond which the planet loses its ability to cool down. We're way past that point. Beyond this point, they say, conditions spiral out of control. Already there, a crucial aspect of the study highlights the emergence of an exceptional unique cloud pattern that amplifies the runaway effect, rendering the process irreversible. At the onset of the transition, we witness the formation of highly dense clouds in the upper atmosphere. In fact, the atmosphere no longer exhibits the temperature inversion typically found in Earth's atmosphere. They continue, using their climate models, the scientists determined that even a marginal increase in solar irradiation, resulting in a global temperature rise of a few tens of degrees, could they say, could, may, might, instigate an irreversible runaway process on Earth, transforming our planet into an inhospitable environment akin to Venus, which is a hundred times hotter than Earth and has an incredibly thick atmosphere. Assuming this runaway process would be started on Earth, the report says an evaporation of only 10 meters of the ocean's surface would lead to a one-bar increase of the atmospheric pressure at ground level. In just a few hundred years, they say, we would reach a ground temperature of over 500 degrees C. Later, we would even reach 273 bars of surface pressure and over 1,500 degrees C. The study was published in the Journal of Astronomy and Astrophysics, but here's the kicker. It takes only a few degrees of temperature rise and all the feedback loops that come with it to trigger an unstoppable cascading scenario, the kind I just covered and have covered again for a decade and a half, actually longer, longer than Geoengineering Watch has even been in existence. I've been trying to sound this alarm. And for the record, based on unfiltered frontline temperature data, we are already past 3.5 degrees C of warming since the pre-industrial baseline, and that's pushing about seven degrees Fahrenheit. Moving on, more headlines from this week, more bad news, same theme. New from the University of Geneva, a parallel report, exoplanets climate. It takes nothing to switch from habitable to hell. 
a team from various institutions has managed to simulate the entire runaway greenhouse effect which can make a planet completely uninhabitable in the geologic blink of an eye. How many years have I tried to sound that alarm? Finally, too late, but some acknowledgement from the so-called climate science community. From sciencealert.com, more of the same. Runaway greenhouse effect fully simulated on Earth for the first time, and it's, quote, hell. There's more. Same theme, new from CNN. What is a mass extinction, and why do scientists think we're in the middle of one? For the record, the word think is the wrong term. Absolutely are is the right term. The current species extinction rate is 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of, quote, normal. That's mass extinction, and we're not in the middle of it. We're neck deep in it and circling the drain. The CNN report continues, Homo sapiens, a.k.a. humans, have destroyed habitats and unleashed a climate crisis. They continue with this, the sixth mass extinction is transforming the entire biosphere, the area of the world hospitable to life, possibly into a state in which it may be impossible for humanity to persist unless dramatic action is taken. Question, what, quote, dramatic action is CNN referring to? Climate engineering? And how's that working out so far? And how many are there that won't need to worry about what's coming because they've already been eliminated, already met an untimely fate in conflict zones, and the numbers keep climbing. And in spite of it all, so many, far too many, are even now completely consumed with consumption. Caribbean cruises and the non-stop circus of controller-scripted political theater, seemingly with no concern or regard for their brothers and sisters around the world, or for that matter, the web of life on which all of our lives completely depend. The only way industrialized, militarized, so-called civilization can sustain itself is by grinding up what is yet left of the natural world, of nature, and in doing so, continuing to accelerate its own self-extermination. And here we are. Requiem for Humanity. From Collapse2050.com, final thoughts on humanity's failure and destiny. Today we mourn, not for a friend or loved one, but for all. We grieve for the end of an epoch, cut short by greed, apathy, and lust for power. We grieve for the future generations that will now never exist. We are the last to witness what could have been. We squandered our gift. We gorged on our bounty in a burst of gluttony, instead of rationing it to ensure a long-lasting contentment, not just for us, but for all. What we had may be the first and the last that the stars will ever see, the product of billions of years of happenstance, or a creator. Human consciousness was born against all odds. With the gifts of ingenuity, foresight, and self-determination, we rose among the fauna with that power. It became our responsibility to shepherd our flock. It was a short and often brutal existence, lasting only a moment in the span of cosmic time. But during that moment, humanity was magical. 
We learned, created, and loved. Mankind communicated to future generations, worked with the earth, crafted masterpieces, and pondered our own existence. However, in the end, our lasting legacy will be the physical monuments of our gluttony. In the rarest of possibilities, if future societies somehow manage to emerge from our ashes and uncover our artifacts, how will we be remembered? For with all our promise, were we really monsters? Our greed steered us beyond limit. We consumed and neglected the responsibility bestowed upon us. We committed atrocities against our fellow man. We chose genocide, famine, and war in exchange for money, power, and comfort. This was not preordained, and it's not part of some master plan. There will be no redos in some fantasy destination, and if you do believe, I must warn you, he, the creator, is indeed disappointed. This is it, our one chance, come and gone. We were warned, but chose convenience over reality. The result was known long before we chose our fate. Instead of simplicity, we sacrificed ourselves in the name of greed. It turned out our greatest strength was also our greatest weakness. May we be a lesson to any that may come after us. There is a depth of willful blindness that cannot be rationally comprehended. The sand in the hourglass is running down by the day. The controllers are already beyond desperate and dangerous, and they're just getting started. What each of us, all of us, must decide is why we are here and what we will do with the time we've been given. Hiding won't save us, but summoning the courage to stand steadfastly against the storm could yet make a difference. Remember, what's the worst that could happen to any of us? A one-way ticket out of the planetary asylum. Is that what so many are so afraid of? Decide to use your will, morally, honorably, virtuously. Decide to make a difference. Decide to make your voice heard regardless of the resistance from those around you that have not yet found their courage. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. Please, make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.